You're listening to the Uncensored Direct Marketing Show. This show is designed for direct response marketers who want raw, unfiltered conversion tips and secrets to scale their offers profitably to reach their next million. I'm Maria Sparagas. I'm the founder of Direct Paynet and your host. Now let's dive in. Welcome everybody to another episode of Uncensored Direct Marketing. Today I have Kyle Dana of Digistore24. So Kyle today is going to talk to us about email marketing. He's going to reveal some crazy secrets about how to get better open rates, how to get more sales and just kind of make more money off your email list. So welcome, Kyle. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for having me. As you know, I'm a bit biased because we've become friends over the last couple of years, but I'm a big fan of the podcast. So yeah, super cool to be here. I'm like the most nervous I've ever been for a podcast, but that means I'm excited. So yeah, thanks for having me. That's good. Well, thank you so much for being on. And I know like we have so many things to get to and you have so much knowledge about, you know, email list management um, and just how to, you know, how to make extract more money off your list, which is a really hot topic for a lot of people as, you know, advertising changes a lot on Facebook and so forth. A lot of people are kind of looking at email as the gold mine in, in terms of making money. So before we get into that, just a couple of words about what you do at Digistore and obviously uh, about your, your, your other venture, your email venture, so we can understand kind of, uh, uh, you know, what your experience is like and, and what you're working on. Yeah, for sure. So for the last two years, I've been director of marketing at Digistore. But just before that, I was doing email list management. I ran probably the third biggest list management agency in the industry, mm-hmm. where we did probably in two and a half years, like eight figures um, of revenue for our clients. And so I was traveling so much for Digistore. I had, you know, past clients or potential new clients coming up to me saying, hey, do you still do email? And so we thought there was a nice opportunity there through Digistore, offering to offer owners on Digistore, but even outside of Digistore, just you know, to offer these services again. So I've teamed up with my old team with Digistore to yeah help you know supplement um, offer owners make yeah way more money on the back end. Awesome. So so basically, this is a product that's offered obviously to people who are working with Digistore because you're the sales manager there. But it's also, I mean, for external people who are just looking for some more revenue on their email list, this is obviously a good solution. So Kyle, so I mean, obviously, you have a lot of experience in email management and list management. And this is really... Uh, I mean, this is obviously managing a list, but uh, from what I understand, it's really not uh, obviously uh, an email service provider or anything like that. This is like an add-on service uh, to this. So, can you tell us a li- like a couple of the key features uh, of of you know your your product? Yeah, for sure. So, um, basically, like when I got started, I realized there were so many list managers out there who are managing people's internal lists, right? So they have a brand managing that list. So the idea kind of came up to, hey, we can opt people into a second list, right? Have more email real estate that we can then monetize that list through sending affiliate offers. And so basically what we do is we opt people into a second list. Um, We create a brand that's going to resonate. So let's say it's a diabetes supplement. We'll create a diabetes blog and we're going to mail to your buyers completely separate from our brand. We're going to set that up in our own ESP. Uh, We built our own software that uses AI that eventually knows what offers to send based off, you know, historical data and stuff like that. And so we basically monetize people's lists on the side, completely separate and essentially cut our clients a nice fat check every month. That's kind of newfound revenue. That's yeah. Separate from your current, you know, setup, separate from your current mailing list. Okay. Um, and yeah, our tool works with an ESP. Okay. So essentially somebody comes to you, they have their email list and you said, you get a second opt-in. So how do you do that? Like, I know this is maybe a little bit of a technical issue is like, do you ask the customer again to opt into something else? Or, I mean, I don't know that much about email, so it might be a little bit of a newbie question. No, that makes sense. So, I mean, the best thing is like to start with like new buyers. So like, let's say you have a hundred new buyers coming in every day. Yeah. We'll start our partnership and we'll opt in those new people to our list. Honestly, it's as simple as mentioning it in the privacy policy. And if you really want to communicate it well, like, you know, you have the email check mark um, when someone's placing an order, you can also mention there like, hey, as a bonus, you're going to get added to, you know, this other health list, for example. So for new buyers, it's pretty easy. For existing buyers, there's some great ways that you can get around it as long as you have full email opt-in proof. But honestly, now that email is becoming more tricky for existing buyers, I would create like a basic opt-in form. So let's say you're going to give away a free diabetes ebook or maybe a diabetes quiz. I would do it that way. A lot of people, they just send their list over and, you know, 
it's kind of great. But the best thing is I usually start with new buyers only. And that's as simple as privacy policy, you know, some some kind of fine text. Um, yes. Some yeah, updates basically on the website that says, hey, you, you're you giving access to that information. But the interesting thing is, obviously, there's a lot of laws and, you know, Europe versus U.S. versus all the different, you know, major countries or, or jurisdictions. They have different ways of dealing yeah. with things. So one way, like you mentioned, I think is interesting is, you know an ebook or like some kind of like, if you're in health, whatever, like a cookbook or something that can really get people to just, yeah, you know, here, download this for free, but we're uh, giving somebody an asset, right? It always, I think will help when you give something free. Um, Talking about like the different regions and so forth, you know, the US seems like the Mecca of email marketing, like you're allowed to do a lot more and you're allowed to, you know, uh, be a little bit more open, but Europe is obviously a little bit more difficult with the privacy laws and so forth. Like, are you, how, how do you navigate that? Like, do you create separate lists? Do you have separate offers? Like, how do you mark, do you market the same to both regions? Yeah. So yeah, the, the regions are so different. Like even at like Digistore, it's like we email our list every day. Europe emails their list like once a month. Like it's just, it's really different oh, wow. the way that they market as well as the rules. Okay. To be honest, we just focus on the U.S. because the US, there's okay. just, so many complications. So like we suppress if there's people from the UK, people from Canada, just because yeah, it gets a lot trickier. Okay. Um, in those regions. So yeah, we keep it as simple as just mailing the US. There's so many lists and buyers in the US that there's still so much money to be made there. For so sure. we just decided, you know what, let's avoid these trickier regions that needs, you know, double opt-in and and, and all this kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Europe with GDPR and all the privacy laws and stuff like that, it it seems like it's an area uh, that people are kind of staying back. Although I always like a challenge and it could be an interesting kind of navigating the GDPRs and stuff like that. I'm sure there's a way to do it, but um, you know, the U S is obviously a very fruitful market. So it's interesting. Do you find like just kind of closing the loop on, on the region stuff? Like I know California has like a lot of like weird, you know, laws and, you know, I sound, I sound strange. I don't even know what they are, but I know that I always hear there's issues in California. Is that, does that affect your, your, your service at all? We haven't really had any issues. Like we try and do things really, really compliant. So like, for okay. example, we have a permission reminder at the top of every email that lets you know why you're receiving this email. Yeah. So even if like, even if like we have clients that don't want to mention their supplement, like we'll say, Hey, you're receiving this email because you purchased a supplement on Digistore, right? Okay. If you want to unsubscribe, you can do it here. We have a really big unsubscribe button at the top of every emails because okay. especially doing this strategy, even if you communicate this second list, you might get this email and say, hey, what's diabetes news today? Like, I have no idea what that is. And so a lot of people might right, make a spam complaint and that'll completely kill this initiative. And so we have it really easy to unsubscribe. We say why you're receiving this email. We have, you know, the company name address at the bottom so people can contact the company if needed. And so we do things in a really compliant way for those reasons, but also like our goal is making like long-term sustainable revenue for our clients. So that means that you might have to be a little bit slower at the start. You might forfeit some money at the beginning, but we're able to do like a strategy where we make um, revenue for our clients for five years even like yeah, 10 lo- years. I mean, longevity is the most important thing. And if you, you know, if yeah. you like, we hear this a lot, like you burn a list, you know what I mean? You don't want to burn a list because it could be a yeah. hundred thousand buyers that now you're, you're, you're burned. You can't use anymore and you can't market to them and they could be good buyers. So, uh, you know, yeah. definitely agree with that strategy. Compliance is key boys and girls. Everybody, yeah. uh, has to make sure because I mean, 10 years ago is different. Now it's like, if you're not compliant, you're going to just get, you know, cut at the knees and then you're not going to be able to continue operating. Um, exactly. I mean, talk Talking about, you know, emailing people and having them different offers and the structure of the email, I'm curious, like, what is the amount like, and and there's everybody, every list manager I talk to has a different way. There's a consensus that emailing every day is good, but do you find that's too much? And then if you do email every day, like, do you like, is there like a percentage that should be relationship building, a percentage that should be sales, a percentage that should be information? Like, how do you kind of figure that out? And obviously you're an expert in health and wellness and beauty and all that kind of stuff. So let's kind of stick to that industry. Like how, how do you kind of manage the split there? Yeah, for sure. So first off, like the the welcome series is key. Um, so like the welcome series for me is like building the foundation of a house. So like if I told you, hey, Maria, I'm going to build you this beautiful mansion on the water. 
if I don't build a proper foundation, there's no house, right? And and we could get into the welcome series after, but after the welcome series, we start with one email send every day. Okay. Eventually, we add a second send every day. So we do like 8 a.m., 6 p.m., second sends to a tighter segment. At one point at the beginning of COVID, there was so much money in email marketing where it sounds crazy, but we added a noon send. So at one point we had three cents per day. Wow. Okay. Um, we did tighter segments. So like the noon send was seven day openers. Like those people want to receive our emails. So like open rates there were still like 30%. So okay. three cents is pretty crazy. That's I would say intense. definitely do at least one cent per day. Even okay. if like you're not in like the DRM space, but like you're in e-com space, like for example, Lululemon, I get at least an email from them every day, sometimes two, for example. Um, so I would say at least one cent every day. And there, it's kind of crazy, but there's so many buyers in our industry that are on other lists as well. So like, let's say I have um, a diabetes supplement list. They probably bought another affiliate offer out there, right? And so if you're not emailing them, someone else is going to email Somebody them. Else so is it's grabbing, like, yeah. If you don't show up, like someone else is going to show up. And so you're losing money on the table. So I would okay. say at least once a day, but eventually like to like a tight segment, I would introduce a second send per day. For so sure. let's say you have 25,000 people on your list. You email them once a day, but then the people who have better open rates, you you email them maybe a second time during the day to try to, okay. And then how, when you say your welcome series, because you mentioned that you had a welcome series, how, is there like a hard and fast rule of how long it should be? And is it all like non-sales emails that you do for that welcome list? Yeah. Yeah. So for this like specific opportunity where we opt people into the second list, I generally do five to seven emails. Um, if it's like a brand's welcome series, I've seen them as long as like 30 days. But for our wow. specific opportunity, yeah, we do five to seven emails. I do zero selling for a few reasons. First off, like after the welcome series, you'll have like 345 days to sell to them. Yeah. So I don't need to sell at first. Um, yeah, for me, it's all about giving value, like building trust, building the relationship. So um, what I do, and you can probably do it now on AI. Yeah. But like, let's say the diabetes example, I used to go on Fiverr and create a free diabetes meal plan, a free diabetes recovery ebook. And so first thing in the first email, I would say like, hey, Maria, you know, welcome to our community. Congratulations on like starting your journey to become healthier, happier, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, to, you know, expedite that process and help you even more, because I know fighting diabetes is really difficult task. Here's a free meal plan, for example. Okay. Um, and, you know, I would like, I always create, um, so I always create a brand for every list I sign on. So for example, a diabetes brand in this example, I create a really amazing blog that looks super authoritative, looks really great. And so I'll create all this great content that is also value for, you know, these subscribers, because maybe it's five amazing workouts for diabetics or the five best foods that you should eat or the five worst foods that you should avoid. And so it's kind of mm -hmm. a mix of like, blog content, some free gifts. You can have people reply to get the free gifts. Then you're getting good deliverability there. Yeah. Um, and one big thing is we use personas. So the emails don't come from the brand. It comes from a person at that brand. And that was a complete game changer. Okay. So, so like, like meaning the, might, the person's name, like it would be like Kyle at medical news, whatever. Yeah. We versus usually use a female. Okay. Yeah. A, a lot better. Like, uh, is resonance a word? Like it resonates a lot better if it's from a female, except for let's say men's health list. They okay. prefer like a Peter or a Tom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I always, I mean, if you have an actual persona to use or a face of a brand, great. In this case, because we're managing a client's list, we'll create a persona, let's say Sarah. And so it's a lot easier to have a relationship between your list and your subscribers or buyers if it's coming from a person, right? It feels a lot more personal. And so, okay, yeah, like we've had a lot of success, like in terms of building trust, building a relationship. So once that welcome series is over, it's kind of like, it's sort of like the phone sales experts in our space. It's like, we're kind of like their coach or like their ally, right? In their journey to becoming healthier and, you know, okay. fighting diabetes or losing weight or whatever yeah. like illness or... Or like problems. So if 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 we take it like a step further, uh, you have that welcome series, and then you go obviously into the selling. Do you sell 
every single time after, or is there another ratio that you kind of try to try to keep in order to, to, to like, I know for me, like I'm, I'm subscribed to the gap. Um, not because I wear gap clothes all the time. My son does. So I, I like, I like yeah. to get those like deals and I keep it on there because the day that I want to buy all this stuff at the gap, it's like, there's always a coupon. There's always a coupon in my, in my inbox. I just grab it yeah. and whatever, but, um, it's like, that's the point of the gap. So I get it. Like, they're not trying to build like a super cozy relationship with me, but like in this type of case, when it's health and wellness, um, you know, you're trying obviously to build a relationship with people to trust you because they might be ingesting a product or whatever. So do you want to have like a ratio of like sales versus non-sales emails after that initial welcome series? Yeah, it's a great question. So like in, in this opportunity where we build this second list, I say 95% of our emails are sales. Okay. There's times where we'll mix in content. So like we might have blog articles at the bottom of the email, right? So like you might have the, the, like offer creative. And then, you know, here's a couple blog articles. Okay. Sometimes kind of like the iRoly style, they'll have a blog article link at the top. And so the subject line will be super engaging to get people to open. And then they, and then it more relates to the blog article. And then there's an offer creative. Okay. And so in this case, yeah, we sell for the most part, like 95% of the time. If it's like your brand's email list, I would definitely say that'll be a much different strategy, right? You're going to be giving a lot more value and kind of content and then selling here and there. Okay. But yeah, in this case, it's yeah pretty much 95%, but we'll mix in content here and there. And, and even when we're selling, like for me, we're giving value because I'm showing them like products that they might not see if they're not part of our newsletter and products that might actually help them. Right. So if they have diabetes, well, so one thing that we do is at the end of the welcome series, we send a really simple survey so we can curate the best products or content for them. So we'll say, hey, what's your age? Are you male, female? Or I guess in 2022, we have to add the other. Yeah. Um, like what other issues are you facing? Um, what other types of content and products are you interested? And Do so people really what, reply to that though? Like, I mean, like what's the incentive? Game. Okay. Um, we give a free gift um, in exchange for the survey. Okay. Um, sometimes we're a little bit... Um, smart and the gift will be like a free plus shipping affiliate offer. And so we're, we're, we're making sales there. Yeah. I mean, it's probably like 10% will fill it out, but let's say you have thousands of buyers coming in that, that 10% is still like pretty representative. Okay. Um, and so because of that, like I know so well what to send people. So even if it's a promotion, like these people want to receive these emails because it's, it's potential products or, or offers that can actually help them. Right. Yeah. So. so, I mean, yeah, like whether it's a diabetes offer, like people who have diabetes might need like a foot cream. They might need like to lose weight. They might like, there's so many like kind of interrelated product to one condition. You just have to kind of yeah. find all the different niches you're talking about subject lines and like from, so you, from what I understood, it's always better to have like Sarah at whatever versus just like admin or info or something like that. Or like the right? brand name. Or the even, brand name. Right? Yeah. Okay. And how about um, subject lines? Like, I mean, subject lines, I feel... Uh, like, I mean, I feel like people are talking about, people talk a lot more about like the, you know, the, the content in the site uh, on, on the email, but like, I, I find a subject line is really like, I click on certain things based on the subject line. And I think a lot of people do. So how do you find the best subject line? Do you make it like super clickbaity, like in general, or is it better to kind of be a little bit more subdued. I feel like seeing your face, I know, and, and people who are listening, Kyle's face, when I said, you know, a clickbaity kind of smiled a little bit. So um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you're, you're leaning towards there, but just kind of give me your best practices, best two, three practices for, for subject lines. Yeah. I mean, like for sure, I would say like test, 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 like, especially for email, like I live in data. So whether it's what offer to send, or what subject line to use, like we live in data. And like I said, like we built our own software that has AI that yeah. after testing so many products, testing different creatives, it literally tells us what to send. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different strategies. I'd say first off, there's like not just the subject line. So keep in mind the from, um, the from name, keep in mind the preview header, right? Or the preview text, like all that works in combination. Yeah. Right now there's a conversation going on with custom from names and should you do them or should you not? They're not compliant with FTC. But what I mean by that is, let's say you have uh, a, a subject line of like, try this to lower your blood sugar. The custom from name could be like something like your diabetes or diabetes news. And so someone might be like, oh, that, that kind of seems interesting. Like, like what's this from, right? 
Um, in terms of subject line, I, I've seen a few different things work really well. So okay. like listicles work extremely well. So for example, like the five best foods for diabetics, right? Or three foods to avoid. Like, so listicle does really well. Um, and so I'll usually use listicle if I'm including a blog article in the creative. Um, otherwise, like cur curiosity invoking subject lines do incredibly well. So like, I'm sure you've seen those one word subject lines like cashews, right? Or like yeah. things like that. It's like, I remember BioTrust, like their best email ever, their, their, their best subject line ever, I think was cashews, right? Where it's oh, like, really? Okay. Where it's like, 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 what is that? Like, I, I, like, I need to open that email, right? Um, is that like a, with a question mark and it, like, do we like, I mean, we're talking cashews. about, okay. And, and just kind of like to add to this question, like emoticons, uh, exclamation points and all that, like, let's say cashews, question mark, exclamation, whatever, or just cashews, or I know I'm getting like really uh, no, detailed, sure. but like people li like somebody who's starting out, they want to know, like, should I put emoticons? Should I not put emoticons? How wordy should I get? You know? Yeah, for sure. So emojis I've had like hit or miss. Like I haven't found that like uh, emojis like blew up my open rates, but like sometimes they work well. Okay. Um, question marks. We ended up using question marks a ton for two different reasons. We saw it, it got really good opens. And for us, it felt more compliant. Like, I don't really want to say like, like this will, you know, lower your blood sugar by 60%. But if, but if but if I add the question mark, it's compliant and 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 it's it's also like it invokes that kind of curiosity. So question marks actually do super well. Um, something that I saw had a ton of success was two words with an and sign in between. So it might be like coffee and diabetes, right? Okay. If you have diabetes or you're scared of diabetes, you're like, well, damn, I drink coffee, so I need to open this, right? So that combination worked really well. Um, I mean, there's so many different ways that you can go about, I would say like test like crazy. Like if there was an offer that was working really well that we were sending to our list, yeah. like we were trying different creatives all the time. Like there was some offers that we were sending for a year that we had like 30 creatives that we, we, we tested, right. Of oh, different wow. combinations of, of subject lines, creatives, some short creatives, some long creatives. So, um, yeah, there's so many different ways that you can go about, but for sure, like, those one word subject lines do super well. Listicles okay. do really well. And yeah, the ones that are kind of like clickbaity, right? We're, yeah, we're, I mean, people want to know like the five foods driven. for, yeah, to, for your flat stomach or whatever. Everybody gets suckered into those. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the whatever is old is new again. It, it kind of whatever works, you just keep doing it. Um, you were saying, you know, sorry, about just one last oh, thing that, that, yeah. that came into my, my, uh, my mind is like specific numbers do really well in general. So okay. it might be like, um, you know, lose, like, let's say three pounds, like using three pounds or like reduce something by 33%, like those kind of random numbers tend to do really well. I think part of it is like, it sounds pretty legit. If like you're giving this very specific, like specific number. Okay. So um, like yeah. lose 13 pounds would work better than lose 10 pounds. You're saying like kind of a, yeah. a little bit more. And maybe okay. even like lose 13 pounds within five days, right? Like it just, it's, it's very specific as okay. well as benefit driven. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I mean, the, when you, you said you test, test, test. So there's two questions that I have. I'll ask them both because they might kind of interlace. So first, what do you use to test as if there's a software or, or something that you can give our audience? Obviously you guys have some pretty sophisticated stuff, so, but if somebody can't work with you and they wanted to kind of just start out. And then secondly, do you recycle emails? Like when you're testing, you see something does well, do you just kind of like say uh, 45 days later, I, I, I sent this again because it did so well, or is there like a rule for that? Yeah, really great question. And you'll be surprised by the answer to your second question. So okay. for the first question, like, again, we built our own email software that we use. So like, we're just testing creatives within there. And then it's like, it's like saying, Hey, you need to send this out again because of this revenue or EPC or open okay. clicks. But there's a lot of ESPs that like you can split test very easily. Uh, Maripost is probably the best ESP for our industry. Um, mm -hmm. For anyone who doesn't know ESP, it's email service provider. So, you know, whether it's Maripost, SendLane, GetResponse. But Maripost has a really cool feature where you can test like three different creatives to let's say 25% of your list. And then it's going to know the winner. And then it's going to send to the rest of your list that same day. 
So mm. like most ESPs have really cool features like that. Um, and so as long as you pick the right ESP, which is super important, like split testing is crazy easy. What I find hard is if you don't have a software like the one that we built, it's hard to then go through that data to like see like what's the best offer, what's the best creator, what's the best segment. Like that is kind of hard without a software like the one that we built, which is why we built it. Okay. Um, I used to spend like hours in spreadsheets trying to see like what are the best 10 offers for this list. And it was it was hard to find that with our software. Okay. Um, for the second question, generally, if I find an offer that works really well, like I'm going to hammer that offer pretty hard. And so it sounds crazy, but like there's times where I'll send the same offer to the same list twice in a week. I cap it at twice, Okay. but I always use a, a completely different creative. So let's say someone that didn't open that first creative might open the second creative. And I know that the offer is going to work, right? It's just maybe one creative didn't speak to them or one, or one subject line didn't get them to open. But yeah, I send as often as two offers to the same list in a week. I keep okay. three to four days in between that send. So it's not too recent. Yeah. Um, I don't reuse the same creative to a list within 14 days. That's just the the like cadence that I found works really well. Yeah. Yeah. Generally, like in our space, like if there's a new offer that comes out that's super, super hot, like there's a lot of money to be made right there. And because yeah. there's so much crossover over all the different lists in the industry, it's like, let's hit it hard because this offer is getting $4 EPCs, you know? So earnings per uh, click for everybody listening. Yeah, earnings <laughs> per click, which okay. is a really important metric to look at for email. It's not yeah. the holy grail, but it's it's a pretty like important metric to be keeping in mind, especially if you're promoting affiliate offers via email. Okay. So I mean, I find that interesting. Would you ever you said you 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 know you promote the same offer twice, sometimes in in a two-week cycle and a 14-day cycle? Do you ever say this email did so good? I'm just going to send the exact same email. You know, I see that sometimes. Like, I mean, obviously I'm a little bit more aware of this because like I'm in the industry direct response. So I kind of look, but sometimes I'm like, man, I feel like this email is the exact same email I got like 30 days ago, you know, because I'm I'm subscribed to a lot of lists and I just kind of yeah. go through them. So I'm like, there must be that, like, you know, obviously it's email marketers sending it. So there must be a reason that they're sending me the exact same email that they yeah. sent, you know, a month ago. Yeah. So like if I, if I see in like my stats, like, I, like I can look at crazy things, but so like, so like your question, like I can see what campaign did the best and campaign will look at offer creative as well as the segment. And so if I see like, okay, something just absolutely killed it. I'll send the same creative again. I'll just make sure that it's spaced out a bit. Right. So like I won't send that same offer and creative in like a seven day span or a 10 day span because like that's just a little bit soon. Right. Yeah. I keep at least two, three weeks before sending the same offer and creative. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely do that. But I guess an important note that it kind of relates to what you're saying is affiliate managers, offer owners, they're going to provide affiliates or list managers with a, a creative, right? Yeah. Um, that is supposed to be proven to work. But I'm sure as you've probably heard, like it's pro it's not the best to use the exact creative they send. And the reason is, is there's so many list managers out there. There's so many mailers. There's so many affiliates who are doing email that those creatives might have been, um, there might've been spam complaints against those creatives already. So if I oh. use the exact same creative, it might be the term is called fingerprinted. And so some of these ISPs like Gmail, Yahoo, they use different tools and they might see this creative and say, hey, even if, even if it's the first time you sent this, no one complained about it. I know this creative. Right. A lot of people have complained about it. It's spammy. It's aggressive. I'm going to penalize you. This email isn't going to go to the inbox. So okay. the rule of thumb is like you have to change at least 40% of the copy for it to be unique. So that's a oh, pretty okay. important note is like don't just copy paste the creatives that an affiliate manager sends or creatives that you can find on an, an affiliate support page on Digistore or ClickBank. Because yeah. even if it's proven, like they've been used by everyone and their moms, right? A hundred times before. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you're talking about like, uh, you know, getting penalized and so forth. And I'm curious, like, obviously, like there's, there's a little bit of a fatigue in general for people. People are tired of getting marketed to, you know, yeah. we see that just basically because, you know, Apple's changing the rules of, you know, targeting Facebook and all that. Everybody's kind of reeling from all the changes and stuff. But I'm curious, yeah. like, what is your best 
you know, your best practices or best couple of tips to stay out of there's, there's obviously spam, which is like the worst, but there's also promo. That's pretty terrible. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't check my promo tab regularly because there's so much garbage in it, but yeah. like, what are your, but, and I don't know if it's the same tips to stay out of spam and promo, or if it's like, there's a different strategy, but what can you give people in terms of information to, 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 to try to not be there? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, it definitely differs. And like, just a funny example, like, you know, me, I like buying expensive things. And I bought a super ex- expensive pair of loafers, there was a defect. And I didn't see their reply about it. And it was in the promo tab saying, Hey, we're going to issue you a refund. <laughs> and I never saw it. Oh, so wow. yeah, it's, they're both kind of different. Um, in terms of promo, like there's a lot of technical backend stuff. Um, that's really important. Um, just in general for inboxing, there's a lot of really technical stuff. Like you have to do a proper email setup from the start, SPF, DKIM, and all these little things in terms of image size and so many technical things that like I I leave our tech team to worry about. But one like really I guess funny thing to not go in the promo tab is our emails are really simple. So most of our our emails are fully text based, which okay. is crazy because when I I came from a different industry where I was mailing for a brand and we made the emails all gorgeous and all these banners and all this design and styling. And imagine if you're Gmail and you see that email versus a fully text email, you're like, hey, this gorgeous email, it looks like a promo email, right? Versus the text, it looks like an email I might just send to you. So yeah. like the, the more simple, the better, which is kind of interesting. In terms of spam outside of not copy pasting creatives. There's a lot of spam words out there. Um, okay. So, you know, like things like sex or free or like ED, like there's a lot of obvious words that you can say weight loss, for example. So there's a lot of words that like, I know just from experience, you can say, and there's people out there that have like a, a library of words that you can say. There's also oh. different tools. So like there's um, a tool called Glock apps where like, It'll help you pre-send, see if you're going to go to the inbox or spam or promo. And so that's kind of oh, cool because wow. then, then like you can see what adjustments you have to make, why you you might you uh, might be going to those tabs. So yeah, that's really Im- important. Um, some of it is just also judgment, like in terms of like the creative. Um, I know like if you have one email list, a really simple solution that a lot of people use is create a dummy Gmail a- account send a test send if it goes to the promo or spam keep making changes keep resending it to yourself until it goes to the inbox it's like a a simple stupid method okay. we can't do that because we have so many lists right that we manage yeah um but i say one really important thing is and there's some big list managers that don't do it which <laughs> drives me nuts but look at data by isp and so what i mean by that is it's different than ESP, right? ISP is internet service provider. So Gmail, Yahoo. Yeah. And so a lot of um, ESPs now, um, you can look at like opens and clicks broken down by Gmail, Yahoo, Hotmail. Oh, okay. Um, and, and, and so what's really cool there is like, if I told you, hey, Maria, I just sent an email for you. The open rate was 22%. You'd probably say, oh, that's cool, right? That sounds good. Like over 20%. It's usually fine. So cool. That's the I'm magic number? 20 percent 20% is the magic number? Yeah, probably a bit higher now because with Apple, the numbers are a bit inflated, like from okay. what I've seen. Um, but yeah, 20 is like to me the minimum. Some people will say 15, but I would say 20% is the minimum. Okay. And so in general, 22% open. Oh, that sounds decent. But I might then look at that campaign by ISP and see, oh, Hotmail is at 30%. Yahoo's at 32%. Gmail is at 11%. Mm. Okay. I'm not inboxing that well with Gmail. I don't know if it's going to spam or promo, but there's definitely an improvement I can make for Gmail. And so if you're able to really look at that data on such a granular level and improve things, I mean, damn, maybe you can double your revenue because Gmail is such a big portion of your list. And there's obviously an issue there. So that for me was like a huge learning that like, if, if you can look at data by ISP, like it's really telling of, of like where there should be improvements because it's the same subject line, right? So a subject line for Gmail versus Hotmail, it should be around the same. It's not like there's a different subject or the subject line looks different in those different email clients. So so okay. that's really like a important tip. Yeah. And if you're searching for an email service provider to use, 
try and find one that that gives you that stats by ISP because that's super important. Okay. So when you get those things, like you said, 11% on Gmail and 35% on Hotmail and, and so forth, do you change the email for everybody or can you sometimes segment and send one specific creative to Gmail addresses and so forth? Or is, or is that like recommended at all? Or you just try to yeah, find so something that works for everybody? Yeah. So kind of, so the, the easiest way there is like, let's say I saw Okay, Hotmail, we're killing it. Yahoo, we're killing it. Comcast, AOL, everything's in the green, but Gmail isn't doing that well. The easiest solution is um, send to a really tight segment for Gmail. So you can suppress and say, okay, for the rest of the week, I'm going to send to seven-day openers for Gmail, then open it up to 14-day, then 21. And that's usually an easy solution to like improve Gmail reputation inbox better for Gmail. So that's usually the easiest solution. So not necessarily sending different content, but just sending to a tighter segment for Gmail specifically, which is very easy to do in okay. like most ESPs. Okay. So basically you just take it and for like seven days, you do like a small, small segment. And then when things get better, you increase. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Because okay. like, if you're doing that, even if like your inboxing isn't that great, that that 11% will be a lot higher if you're sending to this very engaged tight segment, right? So you might get like 40% open rates and open up to 14 day, it might be 30, but but essentially you're sending like a signal to Gmail that, hey, look, I'm sending to the people that really want to receive emails, the open rates are higher and then Gmail will, will take notice of that. Okay. I mean, we we touched upon this and, and I know this is a huge topic, but I just want to get your, you know, brief assessment on AI because you mentioned AI and sending stuff. And now yeah. like where the world is moving to, it's almost like you can create unlimited content. It, it almost feels like the next couple of years is going to be wild west. We're going to have 7,000 emails in our inbox from like yeah. everybody creating an unlimited amount of content and being able to test it. Cause you could say, okay, give me seven AI samples. We'll just throw them in there and see what happens. Like, yeah. how do you feel that's going to affect the industry? Do you promote using AI? Um, like what's, what's, I guess, what's your feel on AI for specifically email marketing and specifically for this, yeah. you know, for health and beauty, because the content can be unlimited. I think for AI, like chat GPT and all the, like the big ones, they, they could probably do a really good job on anything like health and wellness related. Mm. Um, so I'll, yeah, I'll let you sure. So, I mean, I'm a huge advocate of AI, like as scary as it is, like it is, it is scaring me lately. And I've played around with chat GPT. It's, it's kind of crazy. So I'm a huge advocate of AI because I've seen like for us ourselves, the results it's got us. So like for the software we've built, we're able to schedule like 80 campaigns in two minutes. Like wow. it's absolutely insane because we, our software, it pulls in all the stats from the affiliate networks. Um, all the stats from the ESPs we use. And so we have all these stats that first off the AI knows from historical past performance and from the rules we tell them what to send. And so because of that, like our, our like EPCs, our return per contact is probably the highest in the industry just because of that AI. Yeah. And like, like I can't imagine our team scheduling emails manually. Like it's like, how do we do that? Right? Like we have 90 campaigns to schedule. So in terms of that, I don't think anyone else uses AI like we do in that sense. But in terms of copy, yeah, I think it'll be huge because if you're like, if you're sending affiliate offers, you always want to be testing different creatives. You always want to be using different creatives. So it's unique. Um, I just purchased a Jasper account this week, which I'm going to test. But for chat GPT, mm. it's like, it's like, from what I've seen, it could come up with an amazing subject line. The more direct you are with it, the more specific the command, the prompt, the more specific the result it's going to deliver. Yeah. But then like, like you, you can say, you can give them your best subject line for an offer and say, Hey, create 20 variations of the subject line. Right. <laughs> and like, I mean, and like, the Fiverr writer is done. Like that's basically oh, they're, they're they're done. 90% of the yeah, like sadly are, are done. Like that's crazy. Um, can't compete. I mean, you see like, you see like Steph and Georgia talking about AI for copy now, right? Which is crazy. Yeah. So like in terms of email, I think it'll be huge because yeah, like you can give something that's been proven to work and say, Hey, create 20 variations of this creative. And like, from what I've seen, it pits out pretty good copy. The best thing for me is like, I'm a stickler with grammar and mistakes and stuff like that. And the yeah. AI doesn't make mistakes. Like there's no issues with punctuation, grammar, stuff wow. like that. Yeah, so, yeah, I think like people, including myself, not just for email, but some of the other like marketing initiatives I do, it's like the time is now to harness AI because like you're just 
if you don't capitalize now, you're just going to fall behind. Same thing with like, I know it's not related to AI, but same thing with creating this like second email list. It used to be taboo and now everyone's doing it. So if you're not doing it, same thing, if you're not using AI, like you're going to get left behind, you're going to yeah. leave money on the table. You're not going to have as, as much success. So it's scary, but I think yeah. people have to become better, like op, like operators, more strategic, better leaders or else AI, <laughs> it might take your job. Like it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And also, I mean, the thing is you can't be afraid of technology. You know, when the internet was created, when, um, you know, every big kind of technology that's come out, it's just, it, it makes like, you know, it, it makes people's lives easier. So they want to use it. So, I mean, yeah. if you're afraid of AI taking over your job, then you just got to up, up, you know, up, up your, your skills. You gotta, you gotta get better. You gotta have, you know, better, uh, analysis of numbers in order to see, cause AI is going to maybe spit out content for you, but AI is not, not necessarily make all the decisions on how you're going to do things and so forth. Yeah, exactly. so machine, right. Um, and yeah. you mentioned Stefan Georgia. I just want to tell everybody, I do have an interview with Stefan Georgia, so I'm going to post it down below. So if you guys want to take a look, uh, but it's, it'd be interesting to hear because, uh, I, I did interview Stefan, uh, over a year ago and yeah. like, obviously AI wasn't what it is now. So it'd be interesting to hear hear his views uh, again, yeah, but yeah. you know, any, any copywriter, anybody who's out there writing anything really should uh, kind of understand what's happening with AI. The thing that, you know, for me as, you know, somebody who pays for content and, and, and gets content written and so forth, uh, you know, G, uh, Google and like all the indexing sites, you know, they like search engines and so forth, they're, decent, I guess, at right now identifying what's written by AI. Some say yes, some say no. So you could yeah. get penalized on a search level. Um, I'm wondering if on an email level, that's going to happen as well, meaning they'll be able to say that this is written by AI and then put yeah. you in spam or, or, or something like that. Like, I feel like in the next like five years, there's going to be so much content created. It's almost like Google is going to be obliterated because it's just not like already there's a, like an insane amount of content being created. But imagine now, I can literally just spit out a, a, a like a subject line and get like 20 pieces of content done in the same amount of time that I get one. Yeah. Um, like, I don't even know how Google is going to manage kind of all this, yeah, you know? Yeah. I was speaking about that the other night because I was looking for SEO and like the, I was under the impression that like it's against Google's like terms of use. I think yes. is what it's called, but that like they can't track that well, whether something's been AI written or not. But my friend was showing me like certain tools that they can actually use now to track. Yeah. But it brings up a really good point. Like there is like techniques that you can do to get out of the promo tab to inbox, but essentially you're, 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 you're tricking Gmail, for example. Like I know there's a, a, like a lot of tricks out there, but that like, I don't want to trick them because once they catch on to what I'm doing, like they're going to ban me. Right. So like, yeah. there, like, there's like a lot of interesting stuff that you can do out there to maybe get good results a very short term, but in the end, like it, it might bite you in the ass. So um, I would say, yeah, yeah, just like be careful with like what you're doing and like, whether it's SEO and like having AI write these perfect articles that are going to rank, or if it's tricking Gmail to get out of the promo in the inbox, like yeah. I prefer best practices and doing things in like, a kosher proper way as opposed to kind of tricking them because that might bite you in the ass. Well, um, even for email creatives, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that there's going to be some tools out there where, uh, you know, Gmail, Hotmail, whatever, all the, the big um, email providers are going to be able to maybe detect you know, an AI and you will get penalized by going into spam or going into promo or going, you know, your email's not getting delivered as much. So, I mean, I think it's inevitable, but like, I feel like that right now it's, it is the wild west in the sense that like, you know, like when you were a kid, you go to a public pool and there was that, um, that thing that if you peed in the pool, there'd be like a red circle around you. Like, I don't yeah. know if you heard that when I was a kid, that was the thing. Like you go to a pool, like as gross as public pools are, you go in there as disgusting as they are. They say, if you pee, there's gonna be that red circle. So you always had that in your head. Like, oh my God, yeah. if I pee, there's gonna be this red circle. I'm gonna be embarrassed. So it's, I feel like it's the same kind of analogy you can use for Gmail or Google and indexing and SEO and whether it's for email, like if you're gonna be put in spam, is that like, do we, like there's almost like a, a sense that Google could tell, but we don't know, like maybe, yeah. maybe not, maybe. So like, do you want to take that chance? Like for me, I want my content natively written still. Um, yeah. 
and you know, I will test AI for for other things, but you know, for if if you're ranking well on SEO or your mains and gains or your emails have good deliverability, do you want to take a chance that you're going to start creating this AI and somehow there's going to be some watermark or something, and then you're going to get like literally stiff after years of you know yeah. uh, performance? So uh, yeah. it's it's hard, but like now you're you might be paying people on Fiverr; they may be using you know, AI to, to send oh, you. So, they so, probably are. You know, I, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's just, it's going to be so difficult. Deep fakes, all this stuff. I mean, this is like another conversation, yeah. but like, like, it's nuts. Yeah. Like I think an opportunity now for these older archaic companies that haven't caught on to AI is like create a content agency. Now just use AI make, I mean, I wouldn't personally do that, but like, right. Like there's probably like that opportunity to make a lot of money before everyone catches on. Um, well, like, it, girls like, and boys, do not do what Kyle suggested. <laughs> We're not looking for some bad biz op opportunities here. Yeah. But yeah, there, you know, I mean, there's always a way of capitalizing on on an early trend, and that's that's one of them, right? Yeah, and I'm kind of curious. I know it doesn't relate to email exactly, but like I've tested and like I've seen people test like AI writing. Like, so it kind of scares me. AI knows our industry really well. It knows yes. what an upsell is. It knows what a a VSL script is. And so I've seen people put in really like strict commands and it's it's put out like a pretty well-written VSL script or a pretty well-written sales letter for an offer. And so already like creating a good offer to have success with affiliates, it's so competitive now, which is why I offer this service to make these guys more money so they can offer bigger affiliate commissions and get more traffic and stuff like that. But it's like, how many more offers are going to be coming out now because of this? Because like like these AI tools, it knows what a VSL is, it knows what an upsell page is, it knows what a, a lead is, it knows like all this stuff. And like you could be really specific, like use like I want a weight loss offer that that uh, that uses a scientific approach that uh, that talks about this ancient Chinese herb and like and like it does all the research and like it's it's pretty scary. So. I'm I'm curious to just how it'll affect our industry like uh, as a whole I guess. I mean l- legally and and uh, you know I it, this is a super interesting topic and uh it it could take like hours and hours but legally the law is always like 5 10 years behind like that's yeah. how I see things you know like you know governing bodies and stuff are going to have to come in here because it's just it's it's just going to be like like for me, like I was thinking, I'm like, you know, SEO is a big thing for us. And SEO is like a big thing for a lot of companies, especially like non-direct response, more like, you know, a business to business and and stuff like that. I'm like, this is going to have so much content that like your search rankings could literally get obliterated in like three months by somebody who's just doing so so much more and and cutting corners and stuff like that. Um, It's, it's scary to think scary and exciting. Cause I get kind of like, I'm a weirdo. Like I get kind of excited. Like what's going to happen? Like, Oh my God, you know? And then I figure it out somehow. I figure something else out. But uh, I mean, I think like the big players are going to get obliterated and there's going to be new big players. There's going to be new stuff. And I think Google, like, Google like search, you know, the actual search and Gmail and just how email works. Like, I think they're both kind of hand in hand. They, they, they haven't changed in so long. Like the way it is, it's like, since the internet exists, like email is delivered pretty much the same way. Like I, I always like find it really funny when I see somebody that has an AOL email, I'm like, Oh my God, like (laughs) what? You're still using that. That's crazy. But like email works the same way. Search you know, works the same way. And as if we know anything about technology in our industry, uh, direct response or anything internet related technology is that it's due for a disruption. Yeah. You know, so search is not going to yeah. be the same way and email is going to start being different because at a certain point, if every email marketer is spinning out 20, 30, 50 pieces of content a day and, and spitting out emails, people will not be able to keep up. Like I can't go through all these emails even if I wanted to. Right. So, uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting times. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see. And I obviously, uh, I'm, I'm curious to know, and maybe we'll catch up again to like how AI, like in six months from now, like how, how, how has this affected, <laughs> but just like in closing and just to, to kind of wrap things up for, for audience, I, you know, I do want to kind of stress the fact that, yeah, you can be an email marketer on yourself. You could take your list and monetize it and so forth. But if you're not good at it, 0% of zero is zero. Um, and you guys obviously are, are very talented and have all these like different tools and so forth. I'm just curious yeah. if you're able to comment, like how much just based on, on the, the people that you have, like how much extra revenue, just like a ballpark figure, do you make people uh, when, when they give you their list? Yeah. So 
The crazy thing is even if someone's already using a list manager to manage their main brands list or internal list, oftentimes we can make the same as that list. So there's oftentimes that we can double people's oh, wow. email revenue. That's like always my ambitious goal. Um, and, and there's like clients I have out there that I see at like a show and it's, it's pretty cool. They come up to me like, man, like, like you make the same as like my main list, which shouldn't be the case, yeah. but like, that's really cool to hear. But in general, we get like a dollar to $2 per active contact per month. So, okay. so like, let's say we get like, let's say we got 10,000 buyers in a month. I'd be lying if I said that we're going to be able to convert all those people to be able to send them every day. But let's say we converted 50% of those people to open or click and we send them a daily email. So that's 5,000 contacts. We should be doing between five and $10,000 of revenue every month. And that's a really small number, right? Yeah. Um, I have some clients that are doing 50K or more in revenue per month. But yeah, we try and double people's email revenue. And again, it's completely separate. It's on the side. So it's just newfound revenue that I'm going to cut you a check every month and you can buy a new Rolex every month or you can pay your like in, in, like entire staff and operations with that and offer more higher commissions to affiliates so that you can compete more because it's, it's such a hard like world to compete in the affiliate space right now. So yeah, yeah the, the best metric is probably to look at per contact how much we can make people and then you can do the math and be like, oh, damn, like I'm, I'm losing out on a lot of money here. And yeah, if you're indeed. doing it yourself, <laughs> I mean we can make you a lot more than what you're doing now. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, you guys have metrics and so forth. And also the interesting thing that I like is that it's kind of set it and forget it, right? Like, it's like, here's my list. All right. See you later. Like, yeah. We do check. All the so, work. yeah so no there's costs. also like costs, right. When you're managing or doing things yourself and, and so forth. Yeah. So that's interesting. So I want to thank you again, Kyle. This was like super, I, I drilled you with like so many questions. We went through like <laughs> deep thoughts. You gave a lot of good content to the audience. Um, guys, I'm going to have uh, Kyle's contact information down below. Uh, you can email him, talk to him about Digistore or talk to him just specifically about this e email initiative. Uh, yeah. I think obviously in 2023, um, just just with everything happening in the economy and just changes in consumer buying patterns, there's a really amazing growth strategy and, and like revenue strategy. So make sure uh, you check out uh, Kyle's information and get, a, get in touch with him. Thanks again, Kyle. Cool. Thanks, Maria. Hope you found today's session valuable. If you have any questions for me or just want to connect, please feel free to visit my website, mariasparagis.com. That's M-A-R-I-A-S-P-A-R-A-G-I-S.com. I'd love to hear what you're working on. So drop me a line on any hot button issues your business is experiencing. And remember, don't worry about failure. You only have to be right once.